Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. You may be seated. We are so glad that you have chosen to be a part of us and to come and worship with us. Following service, our guest reception room will be open. And uh, contrary to rumors, there is not steak and potatoes, but there is uh, light snacks and we can get to know one another, share a cup of coffee or a bottle of water or if you prefer a soda and just get to know one another a little bit. So if you have time today, stop back there and some of the pastoral team members will be there and uh, we can get to know you and you can get to know us a little bit as well. So welcome to all of you, not only if you're a guest, but if you are a regular, welcome. It's good to see you this morning. With your permission this morning, I'd like to talk to you about the most important thing in the world. It's called the good news. We know it more frequently in the Bible as the gospel, but the meaning behind that word gospel is actually good news. It is the declaration of good news. Now, in the ancient Near East and in the ancient Roman and Greco-Roman worlds, that good news could be anything. It could be a declaration from the emperor. It could be a declaration from a governor. It could be your neighbor coming with good news. But in the New Testament, it takes on a particular meaning. It takes on a particular sense, which is the story of Jesus and what he did for us. And I hope you were paying attention because a lot of my sermon, I'm listening to the songs as we're singing them. I'm like, well, I don't have to preach as long on that. Well, don't spend as much time on that. Now, don't hold me to it. I'll probably fill it in anyway. But it's the story of Jesus and what he's done for us. But have you ever experienced a moment where you wonder, is the gospel really for me? I'm not talking about that you don't want it to be. I'm talking about when the good news runs smack dab into life. The discrepancy between the promise and the present reality. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where things don't match, what we hope for and what we desire are not yet present. So let me begin by starting with the Apostle Paul in Ephesians. He wrote to the church at Ephesus in chapter 1, verse number 3. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He writes to them after his preamble. I skipped verses 1 and 2 because that's just his introduction. And then he says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Come on, Tina. Even before he made the world. You get that timestamp. Even before he made the world. For those of you that might not be quite as biblically literate, let me just tell you what that says. That says before anything we have in the scriptures. Before there was Genesis chapter 1, before there's any of the story that we know about, even before he made the world, God loved us. I want to park there for just a moment. I need everybody to understand that even before this story had begun, 
He already loved me. Now, I'm not excluding you. I want you to go along with me. I want you to claim it for yourself. I want you right along. Maybe you're muttered under your breath. Maybe you say it out loud. But, but even before the creation of the world, he loved me. He loved me. And then Paul expands it out and says, and he not only loved us, but he chose us. How many of you ever played sports, you know, pickup game? How many were the last one to get picked typically? I'll tell you a funny side story. I played a little volleyball back in the day. I don't play it so much now. I still have the basics, but I don't get too active in it. Have you made peace with that we're getting old, Stefan? Yeah, there's just, they're just some activities that they're not worth it anymore. <laughs> I think about what I'm going to feel the next morning. I, so anyway, I, I, I've, kinda, I've come to peace with it too. Um, but I used to play a little bit of volleyball, and uh, I, I even took a class on it. I played it just pick up, and then I took a class on it at University of Delaware, and we worked on it, and I had to do some PE or something, and so I got better at it, and I really liked volleyball. And so it did not help my marriage in that first year or so when we went to a Bible quiz tournament, and we did a pickup game of volleyball on a rec night at a Bible quiz tournament, and sides are being picked, and somehow I'd become a team captain, and it's dwindling down, and it's dwindling down, and it's dwindling down, and it's dwindling down, and my wife's one of the last people, and I didn't pick her. And the reason I didn't pick her is because I knew she couldn't play volleyball. My wife is smart, but she is not great with those motor skills. And I wanted to win. I was still young and stupid at that point. <laughs> Though I have to admit, I'm not sure I still I'd pick her because I'm also kind of competitive. That's a newsflash, right, Stefan? That I haven't given up on. I'm still competitive. But anyway, I left my wife. I left her there. Somebody else picked her. So, so think about this, okay? Think of the context of this. Not only does God love you. See, I love my wife, but I didn't choose her. I loved her. I chose to do a whole lot of other things with her, but I loved her, but I didn't choose her. That day, I didn't choose her. But Paul writes to the Ephesians, and he says, no, no, no. He says, even before the world was created, even before he made the world, he loved you, and he picked you. Now, again, I want us to particularize this. Paul says us, and he does it all clear, but I... God loved me before he created the world, and he picked me. See, this is getting particular. It's not just a generic us. No, no, no. He picked me. I'm a part of what this is being written to. And he picked me for a specific purpose. He picked me so that I could be holy and without fault in his eyes. Now, this is where the discontinuity starts happening. This is where the cognitive dissonance starts kicking in because I'm really glad he loves me, and I'm really glad that he picked me. But on a typical day, I'm not too holy. On a typical day, I got a lot of faults. 
Oh, you all going to leave me hanging now? You was with me on the love part. You was with me on the chose part. You're not with me on the let's be honest with ourselves part? He picked me to be something that I am not currently. He picked me for something that's not yet fully a reality. He picked me, but I'm not yet seeing what is promised. Now, this is true if you are brand new to the gospel. You've never even really heard the story of Jesus or whether you've been serving God a long time, whether you've been coming to church for many, many years, whether you've been around the church your entire life, when you are honest with yourself, the reality is is that what he picked us for has not yet fully come to pass. Let's go on, Tina. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. By bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Now notice, Paul ties us back. He says God decided in advance. Well, we already know where the advance is. It's before he ever created the world. It's before any of our story that is revealed within the scriptures ever happened. God looked down and he saw you, Richard, and he said, I love that guy. He looked down and he says, I'm going to pick him. I'm going to pick him to be holy. I'm going to pick him to be without fault. And I'm going to adopt him. He's going to be a part of my family. This is, this is what God intended. This is what God chose before he ever created the world. Next verse. So, Paul says, we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. You see, we've been melded into Jesus Christ. The gospel message is very simple. Jesus died so you could live. Jesus was buried so that you could also lose your sins in the death of repentance. Jesus rose from that death and from that grave to a new life as the first fruits of what is to be your new life. Who you are now is not who you have to be. Everything you're looking at, your reality, is not who you have to be. Paul says, because he chose before time even began, and I say that because I know that time was created by God, in the creation, in the first days. So before time even began, before he created the world, he saw me, he loved me, he chose me. He wants me holy. He wants me without fault in his eyes. He came to this earth as a human being. He died upon a cross. 
He shed that blood that we sang about in several of the songs. And he united us to him. When we repent of our sins, we unite with him in death. When we're buried in baptism, we're buried with him. When we come up out of the waters of baptism and God fills us with his spirit, we are given a newness of life. That same spirit that was in Christ that raised him from the dead raises us up to newness of life. This is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is why you do not have to be afraid of where you're at right now because God has an answer. This is why you do not have to be defined by your faults and by your failures where you're at right now because God has an answer. This is why what you're dealing with right now is not where you have to stay because God has an answer. And this God is being praised. Paul says we praise this God because he has been glorious to us in his grace. He has given us favor that we are not deserving of. Give me the next verse, Tina. He is so rich in kindness, and he's so rich in grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Now, this verse seems to be transitioning. All of the things we've already talked about, they happened before creation ever happened. But this happened at a point in time. You see, Jesus did not always exist. Jesus was God made a human. And that happened at a particular point in time. He was born of a virgin Mary. There was a moment in time, Paul talks about him as the fullness of time. At the fullness of time, the Holy Spirit overshadowed the womb of the Virgin Mary, and in her womb was created the Son of God. God himself manifested in the flesh, or as Paul says it, the visible of the invisible, the manifestation of the invisible God. The fullness of the Godhead dwelt in that baby. So there's a point in time where Jesus is born. And there's a point in time that Jesus grows and he matures and he finally reaches adulthood and then he goes to a cross and he sheds that blood and he dies and he's buried and he rises again. So there's a point inside of time. Now before time, God has loved us. Before time, God has chosen us. Before time, God has said, I want them to be holy and I want them to be without any fault. And I'm going to give them grace but how that's going to happen, how that's going to go into effect is that Jesus is going to die. I'm going to come as a human being and I'm going to go to that cross and I'm going to die for their sins. I'm going to pay for those sins. I'm going to, as the one song said, go into their tomb of sin. I don't need a tomb. I'm flawless. I don't need a tomb. I'm holy. I don't need a tomb. I've never done anything wrong. But they need me to go into that tomb. They need me to die. They need me to shed this blood. So I'll do that for them. This is the gospel. This is the good news. That God loved you enough that he didn't just say, hey, this is what I want for you, and this is what I've chosen for you, and now you're stuck because it doesn't match. No, I'm going to come into your world. I'm going to come into your reality, and I'm going to begin to put this into motion. But here's what's really cool. For you and I, effectively, it's the same as all the other statements of before time. Because Jesus died, as best we can tell, about 2,000 years ago. 
Now, we can count 2,000 years, but effectively, that means it was before your story began. So that means that the same choice God made before all of time for all of humanity, he made at the cross for you. He looked down, Scott, and he saw you, and he said, yep, I love that guy. He looked down, he saw Scott, and he says, yep, I choose that guy. From the cross, he's doing this. Now, there were some that had already come, Moses and Abraham and others, that, that the blood flowed backward, if you will. It, it went back to previous faithfulness and promises, as Joyce talked about this morning, but not for Scott. For Scott, Jesus looks forward, and he's like, oh, I love that guy. Now, I know Scott. Scott's a great guy. I like Scott, but Scott ain't holy. I like Scott. I really do. I have a good relationship with Scott, but Scott, ain't, he's not without fault. Okay, so if you're thinking I picked one of the holy ones, let me break some news to you. If you're new here, none of us is holy. If you've been to churches where you thought, oh, those are holy and I fall short. No, 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 not in this place. In fact, the moment you think you're holy is the moment you just lost whatever holiness you had. We've, we've not matched up to what God intends. We've not matched up to his choice for us yet. And that's the dissonance. That's the cognitive dissonance. That's the tension of the promise and yet the reality. Because the reality is, is that even as I preach to you today, I am a sinner. Even as I preach to you the good news, I am broken. Even as I preach to you today, I fall short of the glory of God. I am not holy. I am not righteous. I am not without fault. And I do not yet have the full effects of the gospel. So we can go, go around and, and play patty cake about this. We can go around and be hypocritical. We can go around and act like everything's together. And I don't want to be critical of any of those places that you might have been that does that. But that's not going to happen here, not as long as I'm here at least. Those of you that are guests, you'll find out I'm a real dude, like real, real. More real than you probably want me to be. We're not going to play games with this. We're going to call it what it is. And the problem is, is that when you look at my life, when you are honest with yourself and you look at your life, it falls so short of the glory of God, it's not funny. So it's easy in that moment to go, okay, I believe the gospel. Which, by the way, if you're here today and you don't believe the gospel, I hope you'll choose to believe this good news. It's your choice. I can't force you, but I hope you'll choose to believe it. But even once you believe it, you look at it and you go, I believe the gospel, but man, it's not happening. I'm still broke. I'm still falling short. Now, we can get slick about it. We can rewrite the rules. I'm notorious for doing that. I don't actually rewrite the rules. I just expand the rules when I'm playing games. I won't break an existing rule, but I will absolutely exploit one of the gaps that the rule makers left. Because you can't write enough rules that I can't find a gap. Trust me. I once won a Monopoly game without any land. Those of you that play Monopoly, you understand. I had to have done something. I did not cheat. I expanded the rules. 
I had a lot of cash, so I invested in one of my partners. Yeah, see, there you go. I expanded it. I ran it like real life. So we can do that with the gospel. Oh, we can get ourselves all cleaned up. We can make that category of sins that are really bad. That, of course, is the ones we don't do. Then we can take all the rest of them, put them over in this. Well, I'm only human. You ever heard that before? Well, the grace is going to cover that. Well, it is, but that doesn't make it any better that you're acting like that. It is going to cover it, but it doesn't make it any better that I'm acting like that. So we can rewrite the rules, or we can be honest about the fact that there is some kind of a discontinuity between what I'm reading to you from Ephesians that Paul says, this is what God chose, this is what God determined, this is what God wants, this is what God has come to this earth and made available through the cross, and what I'm experiencing. Anybody with me so far? If you're not, i got to preach for another 30 minutes. Anybody with me now? Cheapskates. <laughs> so verse 7 of, first, of Ephesians chapter 1, he says he's rich in kindness and he's rich in grace. Because he purchased our freedom. He bought our freedom. How many of you feel free today? Let me be more precise. Are you free of sin? Are you free of temptation? Are you free of greed? Are you free of lust? I remember one dear man, God love him, tried to tell me that once he married his wife, he never saw another woman attractive again. Ladies, if you think that's how it works, look at me. It don't work that way. My wife knows that I love her because I still do see plenty of ladies that are attractive. And I turn away from them. And when I'm struggling to turn away from them, I come to my wife and I tell her I'm struggling to turn away from them because that's how much I love her. You're not going to beat this sin thing by being fake. You're not going to beat this sin thing by lying to yourself. You're not going to beat this sin thing by, by trying to come up with some, you know, fairy tale. I'm not here to sell you a fairy tale today. So he's rich in his kindness and his grace, and he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son, and he forgave us our sins. But I don't feel too free. Finally, verse number 8 says, he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Did I not give you verse number eight? You're right, I didn't give you verse number eight. That was not Tina's fault. Since I boxed her ears earlier, I need to give her kudos. That was not Tina's fault. So he showered us with kindness. But there's a discrepancy. So what am I supposed to do with this? Well, here's my thought for you today. I had a thought this, this week. It's not too atypical. I have thoughts various times. Does anybody know how long it takes 
for light to travel from the sun to the earth? Who said it? Come on. You can show off. Who said it? I heard somebody in here say it. Say it, Arash. Come on now. You know you like to show off, so come on. Eight and one-third minutes, to be precise. So that, that basically that bomb that's in the sky, that's combusting and emitting light, from the moment that that light begins to travel towards us, it takes eight minutes and a third. Eight and one-third minutes. So that means that for those of you who I do not identify with at all, who love to get up early in the morning while it's dark, and you brew this concoction you call coffee, which requires all kinds of additives in order to drink it. Let me just tell you, my Pepsi, I don't have to add anything to it. Just straight down. I'm not adding any concoctions to it. It's, it's already good straight out of the bottle. That's all I got to say. So you brew yourself that cup of coffee, and you get that cup of coffee, and you go sit in your, in your kitchen, or maybe it's in your living room, or maybe you've got a deck or a porch or something, and you go sit there, and it's still dark. And the moment, stay with me, the moment you see that first flicker of light, that moment that you feel that first warmth of the sun's rays. That actually started eight and a third minutes before it got to you. Before you could see it. And before you could feel it. It already existed. Some of you starting to get where I'm going. Let me give you a couple others so that you can round this out a little bit. Light from Jupiter reaches us somewhere between 35 and 52 minutes after first coming out. Pluto, five and a half hours on average. Alpha Centauri, which is our nearest star system, 4.3 years. Sirius, which is the brightest star that's in our sky, 9 years. So light starts, and 9 years later, we see it. The scriptures declare the heavens are God's throne and the earth is his footstool. I haven't even gone to the nether regions of where NASA has tried to probe. I just took the, the brightest star that's in our sky. I just took the nearest star system and I just took some of the planets and stars that are in our system. And there is a gap between the start and when it gets to me. Is there a chance, dear brother and sister, 
that Almighty God, before time began, spoke a reality into existence that has not yet reached you. But if you will believe Him, if you will be obedient in spite of all that is saying this is not real, there will come a point in the future where He who began a good work in you will bring that good work to completion. Is it possible that while you're not free today, there will be a point in the future where all sin will be vanquished? Is it possible that while you are not healed today, there's coming a point in the future? It might be 4.3 years. It might be 9 years. It doesn't matter because God is outside of time and He's not operating by the constraints of time. You and I are struggling to believe because the promise is not yet. And God is saying to us, when I speak it, it is already in motion. The reason that I walk as if I'm holy is because I believe that what has begun in me will be brought to completion. I'm not there yet. I'm not excusing my behavior. I'm not excusing my brokenness. But I'm also not going to be defined by that brokenness. I'm not going to be defined by that lack of freedom. I am free in Christ Jesus. I have been buried in his name. I am filled with his spirit. I have repentance available to me. And because of that, I can walk right now as if what is coming is coming. Now, let's go back to you crazy people who get up when it's dark. So you brew that coffee, and you go out and you sit on that porch. Hear me, hear me, hear me. And you sit on that porch, and you got that cup of coffee. Which one of you starts panicking that there's no sun because it's still dark? Not a one of you does. You don't even necessarily check Siri to see exactly what time the sun comes up. In fact, you try to tell me that it's a beautiful experience to sit there in the dark waiting for that which has been promised but is not yet present. You already know because of what I said that at the very least, the light that's going to reach you that's going to take away any doubt that there's a new day dawning. Started eight minutes before it ever got to you. Whatever other lights are contributing in the sky may have started years before they ever reach you. Can I tell some Christians today? Can I tell some people who are ready to look at life and say, I don't want it to stay this way. I don't want to live this way anymore. Can I tell you something? There is no need to panic because you're broken. There is no need to panic because you're sinning. There's no need to panic because you don't have it all together. Before time began, God loved you. That's all you need because love conquers everything. 
God is love, and there is nothing stronger than his love. This is why Paul wrote and said, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Neither heights nor depth, neither principalities nor power. No death, no life, no health, no issue, no persecution. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Before we were ever created, he loved you and he chose you. Now me, I don't have a crisis about the sun. I don't even like the sun. It makes me hot. My bedroom is blacked out. Blackout curtains. I want it dark. I love the night. I don't know what that says about me. I know Jesus said that you're children of light or children of darkness and all that stuff. I don't know. You pray for me. I love the night. I do not like the morning. So please understand, there's no skin off my nose. But if you, dear saint of God, don't get up and have a cow every single morning, oh, is it going to show up? Oh, my goodness, is it going to show up? Oh, my goodness, is it going to show up? Oh, Jesus, come on, I need that son. Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? You don't do that. Because I've been around some of you weirdos. You sit there and you're like, oh, it's a new day. Ah, it's a beautiful day. It's still pitch black. Ah, it's a beautiful day. It's pitch black. Oh, but the sun's coming. And I got my favorite chair, and I got my favorite spot, and it's coming. I know it's coming. It comes every single morning. I don't know how bright it'll be. I don't know how much clouds will be in the way, but there's light coming. I know it's coming. Oh, it's a beautiful day. If you can do that, can you believe in the God who said, I saw you before I ever created you. I loved you. Before your world was ever created. I chose you. Before you ever came into existence. And I chose you to be holy. And I chose you to be without fault. And I'm going to be kind to you. And I'm going to extend grace to you. This doesn't. Excuse me. This does not remove from you the responsibility. Of responding to what he says to you. But what it does is it takes away the ability of the accuser to tell you, no matter where you're at, the gospel isn't for you. I got news for you the gospel's for everyone. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't, your deepest, darkest secret, your baddest temptation, the most horrible thing you've ever done, the gospel's still for you. Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ died for you. Jesus Christ shed his blood for you. You still need to repent of your sins. That's a proper response. If I was into the sun, I'd be having a cup of coffee or something like it and be sitting outside waiting for the sun to come up. You have proper responses. But my dear brothers and sisters, the fact that it's not yet reached you fully 
doesn't mean it's not coming. Because this God whose heaven is the throne and the earth is the footstool spoke, if the musicians would come, spoke light into existence before any of the instruments of light existed. So if he's in a habit of creating things before the instruments of delivery have even arrived, how much more do you think that he on a cross already bought your salvation even while you haven't yet see it, seen it come to fruition? I'm not telling you, folks, if you've been filled with his spirit, not to rejoice in that. But hey, here's a reality check. I won't ask you to raise your hand because some of you are going to get really uncomfortable. <laughs> but we sin even after we receive the Holy Ghost. I didn't say we're rejoicing in that. And I didn't say it was okay. But I'm telling you, he who began will finish. I don't know how long it'll take. I don't know how long suffering God's going to be because he wants us all to come to repentance. But you see, God's not as fixated with time as I am because God is a God who has loved me since before time existed. God is a God who has chosen me before time existed. However long this world has been in, in this place, however long our story has existed, it doesn't even matter. Before that, God saw me. Carlos, God saw you before time ever existed. Gretchen, God saw you before time ever existed. Owen, he saw what you faced this coming week before time ever existed. He loves you. He chose you. Whatever you're going through, he loves you, he chose you, he's kind, he's merciful, and he's grace. He's grace-filled. He fills you with his grace. Now, does that mean you just stay where you're at and keep doing what you're doing? Why would you do that? But at the same time, I hope somebody here today can hear me. The reason I believe this gospel is not because of what I can see. The reason I believe this gospel is because of the God who said it is true. I don't believe this gospel because of what I'm experiencing. Life is hell. It's horrible. Bad things happen. And I'm a part of it. I might even be somebody who does bad things. But the gospel of Jesus Christ. God said, oh, I love those people. I love Jackie. I love Debbie. I love Keith. I love Ray and Mary. I love Carlene. I love them. And I chose them. Those of you that are theology nerds, that's the proper understanding of the word predestinated. Not the idea that somehow God picked you and you got no choice whether you're going to serve him or not. Throw that out. It's bad, bad theology. Sorry, Calvin. Hopefully the grace of God will save you too. It's bad theology. God lives outside of time. But he loves us. He chose us. And he's working on us. Would you give him some time? Come on now. You're a creature of time. If you can give the sun 8.3 minutes, if you can give Pluto some years, if you can give 
Alpha Centauri, some whatever number of years I told you that was. Come on now. Can you give God some time? Can you have faith in him even as you're broken? Can you have trust in him even as you're falling short? Can you rejoice in him even as you have not yet arrived at what he's promised will come to pass? That's why I'm not broken. That's why I have the encouragement like the Apostle Paul that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We have him with us. His peace does pass all understanding. His joy is unspeakable and full of glory. I can live a life that's abundant and more abundant because of him. Not because of me, but because of him. It's good news. If you've heard a preacher preach to you, i got to wrap up. If you've heard a preacher preach to you about avoiding hell, can I break some news to you? You will avoid hell if you pursue heaven. And I'm just going to tell you, if all you're doing is try to avoid hell, that's a crappy way to live. But if you are pursuing heaven, that's got some joy in it. That's got some peace in it. That's got some confidence in it. I can believe and trust my Savior, the one who before time began saw me, loved me, chose me, and redeemed me by his blood. I choose to rejoice in him. I choose to praise him. I choose to believe him. I choose to exalt in him. I'm not giving the devil any glory. I'm giving Jesus all the glory. I'm not giving my flesh press. I'm giving Jesus all the press. You will do this work in me, Jesus. You will save me. You will complete it. You will be faithful to me. And I love you for it. All across this place, would you stand to your feet? And would you love him together? Hallelujah. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, I encourage you. If you already know you should be, let us know. We got water. If you don't know, go search the scriptures. Go read John chapter 3. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But there's a whole lot of Christians here today that I need you to stop looking at. I'm encouraging you to stop looking at your present. The light's coming. Some of it's already got to you, but there's more coming. There's more coming. Just let it come to you. Oh, I forgot to show you my title. Y'all are going to laugh at it. Show me my title. Come on, Tina. Where is it? Signed, sealed, not yet delivered. Don't lose hope. Come on. Sorry, Stevie Wonder. I know that wasn't what your song was about. Signed, sealed. He's already signed it. He's already sealed it. It's just in the process of being delivered. I choose to believe it's coming. I got confidence in the deliverer. I got confidence in the Savior. It's coming. It's coming. I'm going to be saved. I'm going to be saved. My sin will not destroy me. My brokenness will not break me. My broken body will not defeat me. It's signed. It's sealed. And it's coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Could you love him together with me? Oh, Jesus, I love you for your love. I love you back, Jesus. I love you back, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This altar's open if you want to come and pray. But all over this place, would you worship Him? Would you thank Him for His love and His mercy? Would you encourage yourself in God? You will be faithful, Almighty God. You will be faithful. I can have confidence in you. I can believe in you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I praise your name. Oh, I magnify you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, I live in your love, Lord. I live in your chosenness. I live in your mercy and your grace and your kindness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I can trust you. I can trust you and I can believe in you. Oh, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I magnify your name. I'm so unworthy. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. When he was on the cross. Oh, Jesus, you saw me. You saw me from the beginning of time. You love me. You've chose me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I have hope in you, Lord. I have confidence in you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I stand under your mercy. I stand under your grace. I accept it. I believe in it. I live according to it. Oh, for when you were on the cross, you already saw us. Oh, yes. You already saw me. You already saw me, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I often slip. Just come and flesh and bone. Oh, I magnify your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I have confidence in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, I love you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He whose glory makes the heaven shine. Yes, Jesus. God, I pray for Wesley, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, yes, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. God, I magnify your name, Lord. I magnify your name, Jesus. 
God, I believe in you and I trust you. Yes, Jesus, I believe in you and I trust you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, yes, Jesus. Help us to believe in your timing. Help us, Lord, to trust in your grace. Help us, Lord, to believe in your mercy. Help us, Lord Jesus, to exalt in it even. Help us, Lord, to rejoice in the confidence that you are faithful. Help us to rejoice in the confidence that you will not fail us. You will, you will, you will be faithful. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I magnify your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, I worship you and I praise you, Almighty God. I worship you and I praise you, Almighty God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help my brothers and sisters to feel that same love, Lord. Help them, Lord Jesus, to accept you will not fail us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yet he loved me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. So unworthy of such mercy when he was on the cross. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As you all are praying all across this place, would you begin in your own way to basically let Jesus know, I believe you. Now, don't don't lie. I need you to actually believe him. But if you believe him, would you tell him? There's power in words. There's power in words. Would you just tell him, Jesus, I believe you. I believe you. And when that doubt comes into your mind that might come in right now, just answer back and say, I still believe you. I 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 believe you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know why, but I believe you. I don't understand, but I believe you.
I don't have all the answers, but I believe you. I believe you, Jesus. I believe you, Jesus. I believe you, Jesus. I believe you, Jesus. I don't do what I ought. I don't live what I know. I believe you, Jesus. I fall in your arms. Cry, Father, I've lost. The battle was long. The lines were all crossed. But oh, the mercy of Jesus covers his words I believe you, Jesus. Whatever I'm facing, I believe you. I believe your word. I believe your voice. I believe you, Lord. 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 Jesus, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. I choose to believe you. I choose to believe you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my Jesus, my Jesus. I love your love. I've spent all my life. I find myself lost. Because I choose to hide. Oh, Savior, come save. I'm sick and in need. Oh, will you come and heal what I've done to me? But oh, the mercy of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, 
fairest of fountain. Lord, you are faithful. Almighty, oh, Lord, you are faithful. Please cover me. But oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, I'm going to struggle to get it right, Jesus, but I love you. It's the greatest of Because I love you, I choose to believe you. Almighty, Because I believe you. Please will be changed. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Could we love him together right now? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I send you home with this. Faith produces works. Works does not produce faith. You cannot earn this. And if you try, you're going to be so frustrated. You will act when you believe. But it starts with belief. Praise God. Praise God. Could we love him together one more time? In whatever way, can we thank Him for His beautiful presence here today? To those of you online, throw your hands in the air right now and join together with us. While we're separated, we are united by the Spirit. Jesus, we love you today. Yes, Jesus, I love you. He sees you. He sees your circumstances. And He is being faithful. Hallelujah, Lord. I love you and I thank you. I praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Again, to all of our guests, whether it's your first time or return, in fact, we like the return ones. It means that we passed the first time and you came back. So thank you. Uh, We'd love to meet with you in the reception room if you have time. To the rest of you, feel free to fellowship. Don't forget, next Sunday is the deadline for our Thanksgiving food drive. We'll be donating to the Food Bank of Delaware, and they'll be feeding on our behalf. And so we're able to feed hundreds of folks with your giving. And so thank you for your faithfulness in that. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. No small groups this week. Then we have.